Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Ross Sabrin. He's a partner at Vidday. Ross, welcome to the show. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I think what you guys are doing at Vidday is actually really innovative and cool. But maybe before we get into that, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Sure. I was born in southern Manitoba in Canada. And I grew up in a in a small town, and that kind of I think it instilled in me the the importance of of relationships and and connections, and it's something that's stuck with me uh, for my whole life. Interesting. I'm I'm curious, like, why do you say that? Just because everybody kind of knew everybody, or or walk us through that. Yeah, I think it's that uh, it's the small town thing where you know your neighbors, um, you, you chat with people at at the grocery store, and it's kind of those uh, connections um, that were so important to me uh, growing up. As I moved to the city and started doing traveling and started losing some of those connections, some of those uh, friendships, where vid day was just kind of a cool. Um, solution to to solve some of those connections that I had had lost sure. and I'm sure we'll talk about it later uh, today but certainly in light of everything that's going on right now it's especially relevant sure yeah before we get into that though you went to university what did you take and why so I took a, a business degree and yeah it was the the area that uh, I thought I could contribute the most um, I like to, to build things to, to know how they work and specifically in the, the tech space that always kind of captivate, captivated me uh, was how to, to build a tech business that can scale, that's geographically agnostic, that can um, kind of have a product that can spread across borders all across the world. And so that kind of fascination uh, led me to that choice. Very cool. So you you get out of university. Walk us through your career up until the day. Yeah, so pretty varied background. Um, again, grew up in a in a small town. So I worked uh, for the family business. We had a uh, an agricultural operation, and then as I graduated uh kind of did some construction to to get through school and and pay some of the bills when i graduated i actually ended up in hospitality so i was oh, managing a lodge uh just north of lake louise on oh the nice shores. beautiful area yeah so i was on the shores of bow lake uh, i actually spent five years out there and uh it was very beautiful area um lots of interesting challenges we had uh, retail, we had a restaurant, we had the hotel, and then we were f front country, which means people could drive to the location, 
but we were completely off the grid. So we had to make our own power, our own water, wow. uh, our own sewer system, satellite internet, satellite telephone. So definitely uh, had to wear a lot of different hats. And I think um, the seasonal aspect of that business is really what uh, kind of helped me when I later transitioned to the, the tech space was that every season, maybe we had a different chef or a different maintenance manager. And so it was kind of, how do I rebuild this team for this season based on uh, the strengths and weaknesses that we have within that team? So some years I was serving a lot of wine in, in the dining room and some years I was changing the oil in the generator <laughs> on, on who else we had on site. Interesting. So how did you transition into tech and, and walk us through your tech career? Sure. So the the big foray into to tech was with a company called Skip the Dishes. And um, I had moved back from Alberta. Uh, I was in Winnipeg looking for an opportunity in the tech space. And at that time, it, it was a very small company, maybe a few dozen people at most. And it was a collection of um, founders and the early employees that had big ambitions, big ideas. It was an emerging space using technology that was just starting to become available to, to be assembled in, in different ways that uh, made things that weren't really possible even a few years ago uh, to, to be a lot more accessible. So yeah, with the, the launch of, of Skip, that was an absolute wild ride. Uh, when I exited last year, we were about 2,500 employees, uh, wow. so lot, lots of change, <laughs> some some very high peaks, and also some pretty low valleys. Sure, I can imagine. And just for people that haven't heard of it, it's like that's basically like the biggest like, Uber Eats is comparable, kind of in America, right? Like Skip was in America, but I think Skip the Dishes in Canada was is like comparable to like Uber Eats, and it's probably the biggest one in Canada. Would you say? Yeah, so Uber Eats uh, was our, our biggest competitor in, in Canada, as well as DoorDash. Um, right. But in the food delivery space, yeah, those are those are the big players. We were ultimately acquired by uh, Just Eat. So they're a FTSE 100 company based out of London. And uh, that acquisition was for $110 million. Wow, very cool. So walk us through... How did you get to Viday and what exactly is it? So Viday was uh, started by some friends of mine and um, it was really a, it was a passion project where okay. uh, Denis, that was the original founder, um, he wanted a, a tool or a mechanism to, to be a force for good, to have a positive impact in the world. And um, he was an, an artist and a, and a designer himself. And he had a, a natural talent um, for kind of helping people to capture uh, these em emotions and messages and to convey that back to the recipient. So when Vidday first started, it was really Denis uh, with a laptop <laughs> and a. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome personal email inbox. So I think the, the first vid day, they basically, uh, all the contributors emailed his personal email, 
he probably used the the movie maker function on his laptop. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Yeah, put together a, a video, and I think the important thing is is that um, when he gave that video back to to the person that had ordered it, and they showed it to the recipient, they got the most phenomenal response. Um, there was tears of joy, and the recipient said. This is the best gift I've ever received in my life. And that's wow. where Denise kind of realized, okay, I've got something. Uh, now, now we just have to figure out how to build it. And that's where the other founders, uh, Kyle and, and Jeff, came in. Okay, so walk us through them building that and then you coming aboard. Sure, yeah. So there's gonna, gonna be a few steps here. So step two, I guess, uh, Kyle and Jeff are on board. Uh, Jeff, absolutely brilliant designer um he always blows me away with uh the work that he can do that's awesome uh, to to put together the the design of the website um the look and feel the brand voice and really start to to give an identity to to vid day and that really started to help people kind of understand uh what the company was all about and and how to use the the, the service kyle uh was the technical lead and so actually building uh, the infrastructure and doing all the coding in the back end to allow this to happen. So building the website and then having that website able to uh, collect uh, media and, and do all the things that it, that it does today. Pretty quickly, I'll kind of jump ahead to, to step three here. Sure. Um, uh, they kind of realized that using HD video, um, moving around large files, transcoding and encoding and compressing and <laughs> all of that fun stuff. <laughs> it's, challenging. Uh, <laughs> it's quite challenging and uh, requires some pretty robust uh, infrastructure. So uh, William and Greg, um, that's two additional developers, they were really instrumental in the process of um, setting up the the infrastructure to, to really allow that to happen. Will, with a little bit more focus on uh, cloud and building the, the backend infrastructure, and Greg really reinventing uh, the front end, bringing it over to, to React and making a lot yeah, of that. Okay. And so that was kind of, um, maybe we'll call it uh, the V2 kind of uh, of the platform, where it started to become uh, more robust in its capabilities and a little bit less of a fake it till you make it where to the user at this point they were submitting things and then it kind of looked like some magic happened and a video came out but at that time uh there was still a lot of manual touches by um employees in the background to to actually stitch the videos together and and to make it happen got you okay so how does it work today? Like I go to videa.com and then walk us through creating one of these videos. I, sure. I get it's hard with audio. <laughs> yeah, so lots of different use cases, but um, I'll use birthday as an example. So, sure. Uh, and it, you know what, this is kind of relevant. Uh, just yesterday, uh, we made a vid day and I gave it to my mother-in-law. So very cool. Uh, I'll rewind back probably about a week ago. We started the event, so we went to fitday.com, uh, chose the birthday occasion, and I got a unique link. And with that link, I could send that to friends, family, coworkers, whoever might be involved. So in the case of my mother-in-law, uh, we sent it out to some friends that she had out in the UK, 
um, some friends in Saskatchewan, around here in Winnipeg. Um, so anyone that we kind of wanted to give the opportunity to, to share some nice words, maybe upload a few pictures of some great memories or experiences that they had together. And over the course of the week, we were collecting submissions. As those came in, uh, I used the dashboard to sort the media, to do some additional edits on it. So maybe I would trim the, the first awkward seconds of the video where someone's trying to figure <laughs> sure. out being recorded. Uh, I know I did receive a clip from uh, uh, an elderly couple that didn't quite get things figured out. It was just four seconds of empty air. So you can, of course, delete uh, those clips. But basically, you get all these uh, submissions together and then uh, you order them however you want. You choose a custom theme, you choose the music that you want to accompany with the vid day, and then you simply publish the video. At that point, it's really where our infrastructure takes over. And we take all of these individual submissions and we put it into a, a montage. So we take all the pictures, we spread them out in the background, we feature uh, certain pictures and, and videos in the foreground in the order decided by the user. And uh, we add the custom themes and, and music. And so that process um, happens in, in the background to the user. They simply get an email when the video is ready. And then the original link that they sent to their, their family and friends, that becomes the, the theater where they can watch the video. And so there's a button uh, to notify the contributors that sends an email out to everyone that the video is ready to watch, and uh, everyone can can see the the final video and and hear all the nice things. Very cool. So, there's no app to download or walk us through some of the technical stuff that people either need to know or don't need to know. Yeah. So the the beauty is that you don't need to know it, uh, but the reason that it's uh, so important is that in order to get all of those contributions, in order to get uh, that couple that I was referring to that was in, I believe they're in their, their 70s, um, to, to get the submission, is that there's no downloads needed, there's no apps, there's nothing. So when we sent that link, they simply clicked on the website and then there's a button to upload, they can either record using their webcam or smartphone or camera on their smartphone or to upload a video if they had one prepared already. They simply upload it and then they're done. There's nothing else that's needed. There's no uh, account creation for the, the contributors or, or downloads. So we really had to keep it easy and seamless to ensure that we could get uh, the most amount of successful contributions to make the videos a, a success. Very cool. Um, and no, it makes it makes sense. And it's nice when people don't have to download software, right? When I find that's really rare these days with a lot of new technology that's coming out. So it's very cool that you guys did it in a way that nobody needs to download plugins or some sort of app or software. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess going back to, to my mother-in-law's video, we watched it um, yesterday with her. Uh, digitally, of course, and uh, yeah, it was, it, it, I mean, I see it every day, I've done many vid days, but it always just hits close to home. 
seeing tears <laughs> streaming down her cheeks sure and just kind of that smile of uh seeing people that she hadn't talked to in a while people taking time out of their day to to say nice and, and special things um yeah it's it's an incredible feeling both to receive and to give a good day sure uh, do you want to maybe or cover some of the other popular topics that you guys have templates and themes for? Sure. So we're just coming off the holiday season. Uh, we saw a lot of bid days for, for holidays. Sure. We've got Valentine's Day around the corner. Um, we, <laughs> we like to think of it as thinking outside the box of chocolates. Right. <laughs> as a spe special and unique way to... Uh, to kind of show your love to to your partner and um some of the other upcoming holidays we've got mother's day uh that's very big for the platform what we're seeing more and more are things like teacher appreciation week uh, right. so parents getting together um, getting submissions from all the students and um, making a nice video for the teachers no that makes sense and and then so i get it makes sense basically any holiday special occasion kind of get well just a simple thank you to somebody um yeah. you can you can basically do that right retirements anniversaries uh there's so many different use cases you mentioned get well i'll just touch on that briefly sure. um we talked about this going back to step one when denis created the the company uh vid day was meant to be a force for good and and to have a positive impact uh Part of part of how we do that is for things like get well videos. Okay. As a way to help people on their road to recovery, we actually make those videos completely free of charge. Very cool. Interesting. So, what is the uh, the cost then while we're on the topic? Yeah. So the cost is based on the duration of the final video. So okay. it starts at, at five dollars, and as the video gets longer. It, the price starts to increase in relationship with the duration of the video. Okay, but very inexpensive. Yeah, for um, uh, when you hear someone say, this is the best gift that I've ever received, um, say that you spent uh, 10 or $20 on that, I would say that that's incredible value. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, the other thing that you guys do that I thought was really unique and cool is you guys do a lot to give back to the community and kind of being eco-friendly and, and a sustainable business. Do you want to talk about some of the things that you guys have done in the past and are currently doing? Sure, that would be great. Uh, and it's, again, tying back to that being a, a positive uh, force for good in the world. And so part of the beauty about a vid day is that it's a very eco-friendly gift. Uh, so there's nothing that ends up in the landfill. There's no um, flights and kind of pollution that occurs uh, to make the video happen. And we actually recently partnered with an organization called One Tree Planted. And for every video we sell, we actually plant a tree. So Very cool. recently started that partnership, but we've already planted uh, over 50,000 trees. Wow, congrats, that's awesome. That's great. Thank you. So I'm curious to dive a little bit into the actual business and how you guys got this going, like you gave us kind of a bit of an overview of how it started, but how did you guys originally fund the business? Was it self-funded? You guys raised some money. Where are you guys at with that? 
Yeah, so it was a passion project kind of on the on the side of the desk of the original founders. Yeah. And again, along the way, as they were get, gathering that feedback, um, hearing all the positive things that people had to say, they kind of realized, okay, we've got a really good idea here and uh, we should really invest in this project and, and make it happen. So bootstrapped uh, along the way. And then when I joined in around February or, or March of this year, um, we were really kind of starting to, to ramp up and deciding how to, to take the, the platform to the next level. And so some of that was building a bit more robustness into the back end and starting to get the, the platform to be more automated. Okay. With, uh, social distancing and kind of the changes that happened there, there was a product market fit that just kind of clicked and really accelerated the growth curve and caught us a little bit by surprise. So within the first, I'd say 30 days, um, we had about a 10x in volume and we started to kind of be able to see the fracture lines as to where the code base, the processes, uh, just everything was kind of starting to show signs of stress. And within the next month, uh, we had basically broken everything that could be, could be broken. Including... <laughs> happens, it happens. <laughs> Yeah, so all that to say, um, largely bootstrapped. Um, we are looking at uh, making some, we're seeking some financing or some capital in, in the future. We're a little bit undecided on the exact route that we'll take. Sure. What we want to ensure is that we can stay true to the, the original values and, and reasons that we uh, built and started the company. No, very cool. So. Once I collect all the video or photos uh, from the contributors and I'm and I do my quick little edits in the dashboard, how long roughly does it take for the system to actually compile all that into a video that I'm ready to send out? Does it take days, hours? Walk us through that. Yeah, so one of the big areas of focus um, has been to make the processes as quick as possible. So we we recently actually looked at uh, 2020 in kind of a year in review. And so okay. to, to answer that question, we actually we found out the least amount of time and the most amount of time. Okay. Uh, so the least amount of time between someone starting a video, uploading the content and getting a returned video was under 15 minutes. 15, one five. One five minutes. Wow, very cool. Uh, <laughs> I think that was a, oops, we forgot to get mom something for her birthday. Uh, <laughs> sourced some quick videos uh, from the siblings, uh, published the video, and it was returned within minutes from our team. Uh, so it can be a very, very quick process. Uh, and on the, the opposite end of the scale, we have someone that started a video 393 days uh, before it was needed. And so wow. that was someone whose uh, husband was uh, 48 years old and they really wanted to make a vid day for their uh, 50th birthday. So <laughs> I guess they started <laughs> well ahead of time and uh, and and got the, got that process started. But I'd say the, the typical turnaround time is, is going to be under an hour uh, okay. once it was finalized. 
depending, of course, on on some of the options that you might select. So right. there is the ability to have um, a member of our team take a look through the video and maybe catch a few of the edits that, that were missed, maybe do a bit of extra trimming on some of the videos, maybe a bit of extra cropping on some of the pictures that have blank backgrounds. So that's going to increase the turnaround by, I believe it's up to, to five hours. And then okay. for extra long videos, uh, over an hour and a half long, it can take up to 24 hours. Okay, but still like reasonable, very reasonable turnaround times for this stuff. Yeah, the vast majority, again, are, are returned within the hour. Sure. And then if, say, I get a late submission after it's compiled, can I add to the video? Yeah, so um, human nature is always to submit right around the deadline. And sure. uh, that's an important piece where, though we can get the video turned around quickly, it is good to to give yourself a bit of extra time in the deadline. So say the birthday's on a Saturday, maybe put the deadline for Friday, and then you'll probably get a few extra videos Saturday morning, but you'll still have time <laughs> to submit the video and, and, and get it published. That being said, if there are late submissions, um, you can reopen the video, add it, and then publish it again. Got you. Okay, very cool. And then can I add my own kind of music and, and text as well? Or does that depend on the template? Or how does that work? Yeah, so there's different themes that you can choose uh, that will have a different look and feel, depending on maybe a, if it's for a child's birthday um, versus something that's more specific to the, the holidays. For sure. the music, you can choose from a curated list of existing music. And then for the text cards, uh, you can add yeah, special slides uh, with your own text, and you can add those at the start, at the end. You can move them around uh, anywhere within the uh, the video. Very cool. No, that's 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 really great. So I'm curious. You probably get some pretty wild feature requests. Some are probably very much like, yeah, we should probably add that, or maybe down the road. But how do you manage? your internal roadmap with feature requests that are coming from your user base? Yeah, that's a really great question. And for a business that's scaling, it, it's a very important consideration in that you have to listen to your customers, you have to look at the feedback that you're getting and uh, help that drive to, to what the product of tomorrow will be. But then you also have to understand that there's going to be a lot of noise out there and totally some problems are very loud but maybe they're not that valuable per se so it's it's something that we put a lot of time into with the finite resources that we have within a younger company where are we going to get the most value out of our effort and um, certainly it's it's listening to the customer and um, what helps for us is, again, looking back, uh, trying to be a force for good, having a positive impact. If we're delivering um, a platform to customers that they enjoy using, that gets tears of joy from the recipients, that kind of helps us stay on track with building the right things that people want to use. Right. No, that, that makes sense. And it's, it's so tricky sometimes because if you chase all the feature requests, you end up just kind of having this bloated product that probably doesn't work very well and nobody's kind of happy, right? Yeah, 
feature bloat and then it gets too difficult to use or scope creep and the the project gets so big that you're actually not releasing anything because you're trying to make it perfect so it's all about um, doing things in iterations um, so releasing as many little quick wins as we can as often as we can and incrementally making the product better every day interesting so how often are you guys deploying new features then is it a couple times a week is it a couple times a month does it depend yeah so the the syntax of a feature there uh can can mean a few different things uh but there's uh code that's hitting production several times per week okay uh, we certainly try and keep things in, in bite-sized chunks. And again, it's that incremental and iterative approach to um, making things a little bit better, a little bit better. And then what that allows us to do is put it out into the wild, measure the feedback. Maybe it's through our customer care team. Maybe it's through different KPIs or OKRs that, that we have set up. And from that feedback, we'll look at that and say, okay, uh, we kind of missed the mark on that one. Uh, let's try something else. Or, oh, this worked really well. This got a good response. Let's continue to invest resources into uh, making this more robust. Interesting. So you're testing a lot then. Yeah, that's testing is a, is a way of life. And I would say we kind of use the mantra of, of fail fast. Um, so that, that means don't be afraid to try. Uh, if you're using some logic and, and some intuition, you want to try something, yeah, let's do it. Let's see what happens. And then we use the data to either say, yep, that was a great idea, or whoops, <laughs> not going to try that again. Interesting. I, I think that's actually really good advice. I find a, so many companies want to test, but never actually build it into their product to make useful testing possible. Yeah, and I think a lot of that um, also comes down to to the team dynamic, and okay. it it's super important that you create a space where people trust each other, believe in each other, and most importantly, respect each other. So, when you're releasing all these different iterations, trying all these different ideas, you're going to get a lot of things wrong, and everyone sure. needs to be okay with that, and they need to know that if something happens, unless it was negligent or or on purpose that we just rally together as a team we figure out how to how to fix it we learn our lesson but then we move on and we try so something else so if you can kind of create an atmosphere where it's safe to try things and you encourage that innovation you can move and pivot a lot quicker than than you can in other organizations sure and how has obviously you guys have the perfect product for what's kind of happening in the world right now, but how has having a team kind of remote helped, hindered, kind of stayed the same with the business? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, I, I believe that the term uh, these days is having a distributed office. And so okay. sure. we've uh, <laughs> adopted that strategy as well. And uh, like anything else, it, it's got pros and cons. We're definitely focusing on how can we make uh, the best out of the situation. So I know for myself, I've got a couple kids at, at home. And so working from home has been awesome because scaling a startup requires a lot of effort, 
um, and it happens on all seven days of the week because we've done videos to over 150 countries around the world um, things sometimes happen overnight early morning and so right. if i were to be at an office away from the home all these times i would be able to spend a lot less time with the kids now um, taking half an hour to to go eat lunch with the family or to do a puzzle together is just a lot easier and for me uh that's that's been really great and one of the best uh pieces i think of of this kind of work from from home uh, aspect on the flip side though uh obviously yeah you're less likely to be in tune with exactly how everyone's feeling that day or to kind of have those informal conversations at the water cooler where you're kind of brainstorming and, and coming up with different ideas so we've had to be creative with setting up different video calls and different opportunities where we can try and uh, get together on a regular cadence, check in with each other, make sure we're doing well, uh, try and find out when someone's in need of some additional resources or, or if there's any way that we can help and uh, just making sure that everyone stays on the same page. Sure. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Do you think you guys will go back to an office full time, do a bit of a hybrid model? Or is it still kind of a bit up in the air because who knows what's going to happen for the rest of this year? Yeah, time will tell. Um, I don't see going back to an office uh, full time. Potentially okay. some hybrid where some members of the team would get together on some days of the week. Um, but certainly not a, a traditional kind of office environment where everyone uh, comes in on a, on a Monday to Friday schedule. Sure. Well, and to be fair, a lot of people like going into an office, right? And I think some people miss that. Some people like working from home or some people like coming in, I don't know, Monday and Friday and the rest of the week they work from home. So it's cool that you guys are going to figure out a way that kind of works for everybody. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the important pieces to me. It's um, there's not a lot of importance in, in, in my mind, in what I call FaceTime. So you show up to the office, you're sitting at your desk, you're physically there uh, during the time that you're supposed to be there. Whether you're productive, whether that's where you want to be, whether that worked out well with your schedule seems to be incidental. Um, and so I'm a bigger believer in uh, do what's right for your life. So if you're expecting a package that day at your house, stay at your house so you can get your package. If you've got a dentist appointment in the afternoon, go to your dentist appointment and then just do a little bit of work that, that evening instead. So I think especially with today's technology and yeah, that, that need to strike your, your work-life balance, figure out what's what's right for you and uh and do that and when people are happy when people are in a good environment that's often when they're most productive couldn't agree more um so you've worked at companies that you were kind of early on with kind of skip and vide and and two companies that have grown a ton in in a short period of time what advice or what have you learned or, or wish you didn't do that you could pass on 
to others that when something like that happens to them and their company, they can maybe say like, I remember, you know, what Ross said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And learned a lot of lessons along the way. And I think um, it's kind of going back to that, that fail fast and just understanding that there's going to be a lot of mistakes along the way. And so I think sometimes people look at, at companies and say, you know what, they saw this uh, success or maybe it was an entrepreneur and how did they do it? It seems like every time I try and build something, something's going wrong or I get some sort of hurdle or it just seems so hard. But yeah, that, that's, the re <laughs> that's the reality with startups is that um, you've got a really small team, you don't really know what you're doing, you're often in a new space and there's going to be all sorts of uh, things that are going to come that seem insurmountable at the time. And I think it's just taking little bite-sized chunks. Okay, how can I solve this issue? Okay, how can I get past this? How can I get past this? And a lot of the things you'll do right, a lot of the things you'll do wrong. But you just keep trying to fix uh, the things that are in front of you, and you'll start to get some of them right. You'll start to build some of that momentum. And um, just that, that perseverance, I think, is um, what kind of gets you through. But then on the flip side of that, um, going back to kind of my earlier years in the, the kind of tech scaling startup, I always felt like it was a sprint where we would solve some issue and then there was a big task. We had to get it done. There was no time to do it. We had to drop everything else and kind of focus on that and, and get through it. And though that can be very successful, you have to understand that it's building a business, building a startup is a marathon and it's going to take a really long time. And if you're exerting yourself at a pace that's faster than what you can keep up with mentally and physically, you can push through it uh, for small periods of time. And then over the course of weeks and months, you'll start to get diminishing returns on kind of pushing past that 100%. And I think just recognizing the, the signs of burnout, both for yourself personally and for your, your teammates, your, your coworkers, just identifying when you see people start to kind of slide uh, down that path. Just making sure that you're honest with yourself, honest with other people, that um, everyone's got a, a point at which is, is too much. And I think there's a tendency in, in startups, again, when trying to run that sprint uh, instead of a marathon to, to push a little bit too hard. So listen to your body physically, listen to your mind mentally, make sure you keep yourself in a good space and that if you can kind of tie it back to why am I doing this? Uh, in whether that's for financial reasons, for family reasons, for uh, something else, just make sure that you never kind of lose sight of of the big picture. No, I I think that's really good advice, and I love that like kind of marathon thing. Is it's so easy to read that you launch a startup and you get a million users and you sell for millions of dollars, but the reality is is that takes three to five years, maybe longer. Obviously, you can do it quicker, but the reality is, is like, are you ready to grind something out for three to five years? And the highs and the lows, sometimes they're like so high and sometimes they're so, so low, right? And 
just being able to manage that is so tricky some days for anyone, even if you've been through it 10 times already. Yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly not easy. No, I think, I think that's great, but we're kind of coming to the end of the show. So how about we close with mentioning where people can get more information about Viday and any other links you want to mention? Sure. So the easiest place is vidday.com. So that's V-I-D-D-A-Y, vidday.com. And we're also on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, we've got a lot of really exciting initiatives that we're working on. Some of those uh, hopefully will become public in, in the next few weeks here. But uh, again, some, some really exciting things that we did uh, over the holidays. But uh, get well videos, they're always free um we've got another initiative we're doing a thousand videos for a thousand charities uh free of cost so if you've got any organization volunteer uh who's kind of lost their voice or had to cancel physical events uh just go onto the website fill out a form we'll do the video for free and um we're also doing a nominate a hero program so if you've got someone in your life maybe it's a healthcare worker or someone that's gone over and above um, again, go onto the website, you'll get the details, but basically we'll make the video for free and we'll get a celebrity, uh, shout out added to the video. Very cool. Well, Ross, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day, man. Thank you so much, Kevin. It was a pleasure being on the show and have a great day. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.